0: Global value investing through a different lens. Antipodes searches the world for great companies trading at attractive valuations. Welcome to another episode of Good Value by Antipodes, a global fund manager with offices in Sydney and London. On Good Value, hear discussions about Antipodes' best investment ideas and perspectives on industry and macroeconomic trends.
1: What's really exciting about 5G is the range of industrial applications that will be enabled by this generation.
0: TSMC is one of our top 10 portfolio holdings. Our view is the company is really well positioned.
1: Faster modems, high spec cameras, high spec displays, drives greater level of semiconductor content per device.
0: Please remember this content is general information only. It is not advice of any kind and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, objectives or needs. You should seek professional advice before making any financial decisions. I'm Alison Savas, Client Portfolio Manager at Antipodes. And once again, I'm joined by Graham Hay, Antipodes Hardware, Industrials and Commodities Portfolio Manager. In this episode, we're going to discuss the global equities at the forefront of next generation technology. Welcome back, Graham. Hi, Alison. Our consumption and use of data has increased at a phenomenal rate. I remember my first phone could make a call or send a text and that was it. Whereas today our phones are transportable supercomputers. Now we know 5G is coming. Take us through what the upgrade to next generation technology means.
1: Sure, Alison. Well, look, 5G really is a collection of standards uh, that are agreed upon by uh, the major industry participants um, and and come about about every 10 years. Uh, 5G will enhance uh, a lot of the features that we already know and and enjoy with existing 4G networks, uh, greater bandwidth, uh, lower latency, uh, but that also offer operators much greater network flexibility, all of which should ultimately result in a range of new use cases. Um, The consumer was the real beneficiary of uh, 4G uh, networks, uh, the prior generation of upgrade, Uh, and this will continue with the ability to send and receive more data at a much faster speed, Um, streaming more content than we have ever have before, uh, and introduce gaming experiences (coughs) built around things such as augmented reality and what have you. But what's really exciting about 5G is the range of industrial applications that will be enabled by this generation. Uh, This is where we'll be able to do things that we've never done before, uh, enabling smart cities, for example, smart factories, uh, various degrees of autonomous driving. While for operators themselves, we'll see much greater levels of network flexibility uh, with the ability to segment the network and offer guaranteed levels of service in much the same way an airline segments its cabins into economy, business and first class. So the next 10 years as networks are rolled out promises to be a very exciting time for the industry at large
0: so 5g and next generation wi-fi you know with that we're going to produce and consume a lot more data and we know the key to processing storing and analyzing data is semiconductor chips we're cramming a lot more functionality into semiconductors uh, as our devices do more but at the same time chips are getting smaller and smaller so you know manufacturing these chips really requires enormous skill and last year intel a world leader in semiconductor manufacturing, announced it was unable to keep up with advancements in the industry. So we're looking at manufacturing at the leading edge as a really interesting investment opportunity right now. Graham, can you take us or give us an overview of the market?
1: So there are two key challenges in semiconductor production. Uh, the first one is, is circuit design. Uh, the second one is manufacturing at leading edge. About 20 years ago, following the deep 2002 industry downturn, large semiconductor companies began to embrace the idea of outsourced manufacturing as a new model. This allowed them to focus their scarce research dollars on critical design while leaving the capital intensive part of the process to specialist foundries. Since that time, we've seen growing dependence on these specialist foundries, uh, such that foundries share of semiconductor industry has grown from around 15% to 40% over the last 15 years. Uh, With Intel's now well-publicized struggles, it increasingly leaves Taiwan Semiconductor as the world's leading semiconductor manufacturer. Uh, Samsung is a a clear, credible challenger and has the capability to be a strong number two, but its foundry processes are less developed at this point, though it continues to dominate the semiconductor memory landscape. TSMC's lead is a result of cumulative knowledge built up over 25 years of being dedicated to the task. The capital costs are also a massive inhibitor with the cost of developing a leading edge foundry today running in the tens of billions of dollars.
0: And I can't imagine that there's you know many companies with a lazy 10 or 20 billion dollars lying around to invest. Um, now TSMC is one of our top 10 portfolio holdings, so let's talk a bit more about that business. As semiconductor demand from key end markets like handsets, data centres, PCs, autos continues to increase our view is the company is really well positioned.
1: Absolutely, TSMC makes uh, chips for all the leading semiconductor companies, Uh, companies such as Apple, Qualcomm, MediaTek and Nvidia, just to name a few. Uh, As I mentioned, Foundry has grown its overall share of the semiconductor market, and within that, TSMC has consistently grown its share of Foundry. In fact, TSMC's sales have compounded at 14% over the last 15 years, which is about three times faster than the overall industry. Uh, TSMC's share of the total foundry industry today is around 55%. But what's great about TSMC or Samsung's foundry business is that you're not taking a bet on an individual chip company that's going to be the most successful. Uh, Nvidia versus AMD, Qualcomm versus Apple, for example. Instead, you're making a longer term bet on the ongoing digitization of modern economies and TSMC's leadership in enabling that through their highly sophisticated manufacturing techniques. Uh, We're very bullish on the long-term demand drivers of TSMC's business. The great wave of connectivity that's sweeping through the world is resulting in exponential growth in data and that data needs to be processed and stored and TSMC is at the top of the food chain in enabling that to happen. If we take a step back and think about this, some of the world's most loved companies right now, companies such as Zoom, Netflix or Peloton, rely on the cloud to operate their business models. The disruption that they're enabling is very real and the workloads that they're generating will continue to move to the cloud, and demands on data centers will continue to increase. In fact, Alison, the combined budgets of Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Microsoft this year are expected to exceed $120 billion, growing at a rate of about 10%. And two-thirds of that capital budget is spent on data centers. It's an enormous figure. The data center is basically a tin shed filled with thousands of computers processing data, with chips that are largely fabricated by TSMC.
0: Graham, can you put the structural growth opportunity in data consumption into context for us?
1: Absolutely. Look, through most of the 90s and early 2000s, the industry was dominated by the personal computer. Uh, that handed off to the smartphone as the dominant platform in around 2010. But increasingly, the industry will be driven by the data centre, as we've discussed, but increasingly complemented by the so-called intelligent edge, As use cases evolve, there is more need to distribute compute to the edge of the network for time-sensitive applications. Autonomous driving would be a great example of this, whereby your car is required to make split-second decisions in order to operate safely. But so too are things like smart wearables or smart meters for the home that are collecting data and processing that data on site. As we touched on above, 5G connectivity will only serve to expand the range of possibilities for compute at the edge and we believe this will underpin an era of accelerating growth for the industry. Against that backdrop, TSMC and Samsung will continue to outgrow the broader industry with top-line growth accelerating versus historic levels over the next several years. TSMC's position at the top of the food chain and the compounding nature of the company is driving a structural re-rating of the stock. So while the shares have done well already, as we look out to 2022 and 2023, we see a business trading on around 20 times earnings, but with earnings per share growth compounding at over 20% per annum.
0: So what this really highlights is how semiconductor companies around the world are really quite dependent on Taiwan and Korea. Uh,
1: That's right. Um, The geopolitics of the industry have become very interesting, Uh, frankly more interesting than some people would like. Um, With Intel confessing to the world that it was considering outsourcing manufacturing to a Foundry partner last year, it quickly became clear that Taiwan Semiconductor had largely won the manufacturing race, and then increasingly over the next several years the world would grow more and more dependent on them as a partner. However, with China's territorial claims over Taiwan and rising tensions between the US and China, it did raise the spectre of the specific political risks associated with TSMC. Uh, For example, 100% of all of Apple's chip production for the iPhone and the Mac happen at TSMC. All of NVIDIA's AI chips are also made at TSMC. These two companies, uh, not to mention others, are criti- clearly critically important to both America and their stakeholders. Uh, what we've since heard is that TSMC plan to build a facility in Arizona from 2023 onwards, no doubt with an eye to further opportunities with US customers, but to also de-risk their own footprint in Taiwan. What, what it also makes clear though is that both Korea and Samsung are very well placed to be a strong number two foundry partner, given that they are politically aligned to Western economies and have the technical prowess to compete with TSMC. Uh, Samsung, uh, Samsung in fact, already have a manufacturing facility in the U.S. So where does that leave us now? Well, our view is that the rivalry rivalry between these two powerhouses, the U.S. and China, is tempered by the dependence on Taiwan and Korea for leading-edge manufacturing. Uh, Taiwan, and specifically TSMC, increasingly looks like the bargaining chip that keeps both sides from a push and beyond the point of no return. And this dependence has become more pronounced with Intel struggles.
0: Okay, so we have TSMC as the leader in foundry. Let's talk more about Samsung's place in the ecosystem.
1: Sure. Uh, Samsung today remains a business whose profit cycles uh, continue to be dominated by semiconductor memory. Uh, they are the world leader and low-cost producer in that part of the market. Uh, After years of capital destruction, the memory industry has finally arrived at a place where returns across the industry are rising on a through-cycle basis. As we enter 2021, we're emerging from a three-year downturn in the memory industry, and Samsung's business should perform very well against that backdrop. In addition, Samsung will continue to develop its its own capabilities in Foundry, transporting its leading-edge manufacturing techniques to external customers, whereas we've noted there is, a, there is a there is a role for a strong number two player to TSMC, but perhaps Samsung's biggest challenge is that some of the largest customers in foundry uh, companies such as Apple and Qualcomm are also competitors to Samsung, which creates a slightly uneasy commercial relationship. While TSMC will always be able to claim uh, the role as being totally independent.
0: Now, smartphones are a huge end market for memory and we've entered a 5G handset upgrade cycle. So this must be really quite positive for demand.
1: Absolutely. The additional functionality that is coming with 5G handsets, faster modems, high spec cameras, high spec displays, drives greater level of semiconductor content per device, and more memory is required to execute those processes. The most recently launched Samsung Galaxy S21 will come fitted with 16 gigabytes of DRAM memory if we go back only two years, Samsung's then leading 4G device carried just 8 gigabytes of memory. Most flagship devices coming to market today in the 5G era uh, are are coming to market with at least 50 to up to 100 percent more memory per device than the leading 4G designs of a couple of years ago and this is helping to catalyze a very strong demand cycle for memory. Again, this is an industry that used to be dominated by the PC but demand today is much more diverse with smartphones and data centers now accounting for 70% of demand. And as we look forward, automotive could emerge as another high growth end market as more and more compute tasks are processed on board with a range of high resolution cameras capturing both in-car and surrounding environment.
0: Okay, so that's memory demand. Let's discuss supply. Now, you alluded to this earlier, uh, We mentioned that the market structure has changed dramatically for the better over the last two decades.
1: Yes, that's correct. Uh, and this has benefited all of the remaining players, allowing them to generate returns through the, through the cycle that is significantly better or exceed the cost of capital. Um, that said, the industry is still prone to overbuild, so we need to watch supply closely year by year. But as we enter 2021, The two key key consumers of memory today, smartphones and data center, look like they will drive a very strong cycle, while capacity additions in recent years have been limited. In the very short term, we may in fact see uh, we may be facing product shortages with demand having recovered sharply following the COVID slump, which is likely to drive memory prices higher. Uh, Samsung remain at the bottom of the memory cost curve. In other words, they have a low cost producer. And with the elements of the cycle winding up for 2021 beyond these dynamics should drive the majority of the profits uh, over that period. Additionally as we've already been discussing the company has a strong shot at becoming the natural alternative to CSMC at leading edge given the close ties they have to western economies and the competencies in manufacturing. Samsung stock has performed well over the last year anticipating the coming cycle However, we believe the combination of the market's growing appreciation of their foundry opportunity as well as the inflection in memory prices can drive the multiple even higher than it is today.
0: So naturally other components will also benefit from an upgrade cycle so we can experience the full force of the next uh, generation in technology. How are you thinking about this, Graham?
1: Sure. When we get a step change in technology such as 5G, the leading component manufacturers or Tier 1 suppliers typically reassert their technology dominance and and normally take market share before lower-tier suppliers are able to catch up. Qualcomm's a great example of this, it's a stock we've owned for a number of years in anticipation of the cycle that we're now in, uh, and we've seen that certainly reflected in Qualcomm's share price and business performance over the last year. But last year we also built Exposure via one of its key competitors, MediaTek. Under new management, MediaTek has rapidly evolved its competitive position in handset modems and other key components. This was a company that would typically only compete for the low end of the market, but has invested to become a tier 1 supplier just as 5G was arriving in the market, allowing them to address a much higher price point in so-called flagship devices. They're also a natural beneficiary of China's efforts to, lo- efforts to localize its supply chain and move away from US-based technology suppliers, and with Huawei no longer able to access leading-edge technology, MediaTek have become somewhat of the default option for many of the Chinese handset customers. We think MediaTek continues to be an underappreciated player in the industry, where an era era of consolidation and cost cutting has opened the door for players who have been prepared to invest and grow into new markets. And this is precisely what we've seen with MediaTek, which is now delivering growth that far outstrips the overall market. And yet, after netting out excess cash on the balance sheet, the company still trades at a substantial discount to the broader semiconductor peer group. And so we see material value uh, still, still on the table for this company. Uh, the other opportunity we see uh, is in the area of uh, radio frequency devices. Every handset, in every handset there is a modem, which is the main communication engine for the device. However, the signals that are sent and received also need to be conditioned uh, so that the modem can process those signals. Uh, Let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, A modern 5G handset is not only communicating over 5G uh, spectrum, it also has to be backward compatible with 4G, with 3G, it needs to be able to travel across different countries and talk to different networks, it has to be able to handle your high-speed Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth and your GPS, creating an enormous amount of complexity in the way that signals come into and go out of the device. It's the job of the RF components to ensure that those signals are prepared and conditioned in such a way that the modem can communicate properly. Um, The result of all of this, of course, is that the RF burden on devices is increasing exponentially, making this one of the fastest growing subcategories of the handset sector. To put this into perspective, we see the RF content, the dollar content, of flagship 5 g devices at more than $30 at the moment. And that's up from around 20 dollars for a leading 4G device of a couple of years ago. That 50 percent increase in content in the handset in the handset cycle is really only just beginning. And to boot, these capabilities are actually highly specialized, with only two to three players in the world dominating the industry. and that is what ultimately led us to, led us to invest in U.S semiconductor company Corvo last year, where we continued to see great tailwinds for the business as the 5G cycle plays out.
0: Thanks for joining me once again, Graham. COVID has brought forward a desire for businesses to digitise, workloads will continue to move to the cloud, and several longer-term consumer and industrial technology evolutions are underway. 5G and next-generation Wi-Fi will facilitate a whole host of developments, like virtual reality experiences, autonomous driving, smart cities, smart factories. Semiconductor and memory demand across key end markets such as handsets, data centres, autos and PCs, is rising. Antipodes exposure to companies facilitating this upgrade to next-gen tech are captured in our connectivity and compute cluster which accounts for around 13% of total portfolio exposure. Taiwan Semiconductor and Samsung Electronics are bedrock exposures within this cluster with a combined weight of 6%. For more information on Antipodes or our views, please head to our website antibodiespartners.com or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter.